episode 100. Welcome to the School of Weight Loss podcast, where we empower you to reach your healthy weight goals with less wasted effort, money, and time. This is the podcast that uses evidence-based tips and tools to simplify weight loss for the ladies who've tried it all. If you struggle with obesity or being overweight, you're tired of endless dieting and never reaching your goals and just plain tired with life, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, obesity medicine certified physician, life and weight loss certified coach, Dr. Emily Vinzan. Let's get this episode started. Ladies, this is episode 100. Woohoo! And I'm sharing the 10 biggest lessons I've learned as an obesity medicine physician, as a certified life and weight loss coach as a human in this world over the past 100 episodes. First of all, I just wanna thank you all for joining me. This episode, although it's really not my 100th episode, <laughs> we don't count all the little short ones, but for counting purposes, this is my 100th episode. And I want to just take a moment to reflect on that and share with you all that this has been a amazing journey. When I look back at my starting episodes, I'm going to tell you, I have learned a lot since episode one. And I had already learned a lot before I started this podcast and even got to episode one. There's been a lot of learning happening around here. And I already thought I was kind of an expert. I mean, what's amazing to me was that I spent over 10 years doing weight loss in my clinic. And then I spent, I think I'd already been coaching like a year and a half or so before I even started this podcast. And to see how much I have grown since this podcast started is tremendous. And I want that for each and every one of you. Like, I wish we would all take those timers in our life to be like, wow, I'm growing as a human being. And that's amazing. So thank you for being my dear listener. And thank you for joining me in this walk. I have amazing things coming. And I can't even tell you the joy that I get in where this is heading. And part of that is because of all of you. We love to do things on our own, but it's more fun to get to include other people in the journey. So thank you for giving me the gift of your time. I do have to throw in, of course, as this is the 100th episode, hey, share it with a friend. <laughs> it helps other people find it. If you haven't done that or left me a review, please do it today. I'd really appreciate it. I love doing this work. And the more people who get to learn this, I just think we can change so much through it. And I don't say that lightly because I've seen how much I've learned and changed since episode one. So without further ado, I want to share the top 10 lessons I have learned through 100 episodes of the School of Weight Loss podcast. I really have sat and thought about these. I thought about where I was when I started as opposed to where I am now. So lesson number 10, work can be fun. And that includes losing weight. I love this podcast. And at times, it's felt like a little bit of an extra thing to do. There have been times when it's felt like a job. But what I've seen, especially most recently, as I've cleared my schedule some and made space, is this is one of my favorite things to do. And I want to do more of it. There's actually more coming. It's exciting. But I think that the joy in the work has been not just the podcast, but seeing the growth and change in other human beings. 
the interactions I've gotten with other people, the space that allows you to use your work to your highest level. And when you find that, work becomes fun. When it's aligned with your passion and your purpose, work becomes fun. And I think so often in the weight loss realm, we think of it as work that's hard and awful. And my goal through this podcast and through my whole weight loss coaching programs has been to make it simple and fun. When I very first started my coaching business, I was afraid to start because I didn't know if I could maintain my weight loss. And I had to do the work to even get ready for that. And I coached for a long time before I started this podcast because I wanted to make sure I had it all perfect. But part of the fun is the growth of who you become as a human being while you do this work. And I want you to consider that as well in your weight loss journey. You see, if you don't find any fun in it, the only thing that's going to motivate you is the scale. And there's gonna be a really quick place where the scale doesn't move, or it may even be when you get to a point where your clothes do fit, or it might be when you get to a point when that event's over, where if it's just deprivation and misery base, you're not gonna continue. So I would challenge you that if you're taking all the fun out of it, you're missing the point. Yes, there are changes to be made when you're losing weight. Yes, there's a space where you're taking something, you're eating, that used to be mindless and you're having to be mindful about it, so it feels like work. But if you do this in a way that's like, this is for my future, this is fun, it's light, it's easy, and it's gotta fit my life, you're going to have better long-term results than you ever will with making it hard, deprivation-based, and miserable. So work can be fun, and so can losing weight. I think my learning through the first 100 episodes on this podcast has been how to make it more so. And I wanna share with you, the podcast is absolutely part of that for me. In fact, I think it's just growing more and more, and I'm gonna have more amazing things coming because of that. But I want you to consider that maybe in your job, maybe in your weight loss journey, maybe in something in your life. Would changing your thoughts about it make it more fun? Would finding things that make it fun get you better results? The answer is yes every time. I love the coaching thought that everything you do in life you choose to do, and you're choosing to look at weight loss as fun. Now make it fit, and your results will be even better. Lesson number nine, you can't bypass the real work. I have coached hundreds of women, I treated thousands of patients, and I have personally tried almost every bypass there is around in an attempt to make this more magic pilly in order to make this simpler in order to buy the skinny drops or whatever to have the magic answer without changing anything else and i want you to know that it's essentially impossible to hit those long-term goals for the rest of your life without doing the real work but also work can be fun i think the real work and this is from a medical doctor, is the mind management side. It's what I would have called very early on the psychology of weight loss. The reason I did life coach and weight loss coach certification was because I was like, I feel like medicine is not well versed at the psychology of weight loss. <laughs> Isn't that such a doctor way to say it? I was like, tell me this aspect, because I know a lot of ladies who are very successful in their life and I'm giving them pills and they're successful for a little bit, but this is the outlier. This is the thing they can't fix. Tell me why. As it turns out, the thing that you can't fix is the real work. And the real work of doing that is fixing that. And I'm gonna share more about this in a lesson in a minute, but 
I just think the mind management side of the school of weight loss and of weight loss is the missing key. I got asked by one of my coaching clients early on who's in the medical field as well, and she said, what's the missing step? And I did a whole podcast on this, but it keeps coming back to me because she said, you know, my sister does coaching and she thinks it's coaching, but I know it's the diet. And what is it? And I'm like, well, it's all of it, right? It's diet brain. It's American culture. It's your thoughts about food. It's emotional eating. It's all the above. And that's the work. But here's the thing. It's not about creating deprivation or misery to beat this. It's about understanding yourself. It's about learning why you're using food inappropriately. It's about learning how to feel feelings and not stuff them down with food. It's about looking at food as an energy source, which is really the intended purpose. And then trusting your body to show up and knowing that your body's doing the right things and you're learning from it. It's all the above. But the beauty in that is the answers in that are life-changing. And I just don't think there's any way you can shortcut it. What I tell my coaching clients is that we all believe our own stories. The true coaching difference here is that it's having somebody else outside of you to look at your brain like a video screen and be like, oh, that's the story you believe. Okay, well, let's look at the story. That's what coaching does. And for some of us, it's really important because you don't even see that story. It's sort of the should list under your to-do list. I should lose weight. I just don't know why I can't. That's my management. We don't should ourselves, <laughs> Dr. Emily's School of Weight Loss. Instead, we do the real work. And I think that for many of us, that is one of the biggest keys. Like if you don't even believe that it's possible for you anymore, you'll never create it. And when that belief starts to waver, you've got to look at the real work behind it because you'll do a really strict diet plan for a bit, but you never intend to do that the rest of your life. So when you quit is inevitable. And if you are lucky enough to get all the way to your goal weight, you're going to bounce right back because you likely got there by saying, I get to eat all the foods when I get there that I haven't been able to have. That's the real work. It's working with your body, not against it, with your mind and not against it. But the beauty in that is it's way more fun than you think, and it'll get you better results. Lesson number eight, you are not alone. I've seen this very strong trend in my ladies, and I saw it in myself. That's this heavy, heavy shame around who you are as a human being that has had such a big struggle that you can't overcome. And I think one of the biggest disservices of the weight loss industry is we do sell it in this like, well, everybody else can do it way. And the truth is, in America, we're losing this battle. I'll come back to this in a few minutes. But like, if you look around, you know you're not alone. But I still think we feel alone in the shame of it. And for a very long time, I hid parts of my journey because of my shame. I didn't want to step up because of my shame. And I think it was episode 10 or 12 or something where I did an episode called Creating the Lighter You. I want to share with you that on this podcast was the first time I told anybody besides my daughter and my husband that I had had weight loss surgery. And it was like seven years afterwards. Yes, I had all sorts of other explanations. I was running a weight loss clinic. I didn't want other people to make decisions off of me. Yada, yada. I had all that. But at the heart of it, there was shame. And I can't tell you how many women I've been able to help because I shared that. What this podcast specifically has done for me is given me a space to share things in a way that I've never shared before in my life. And what I've seen through that is so many women saying, thank you. It's always amazing to me because the real scientific ones, I don't get a lot of comments from you guys back on, it's the heart ones. 
And it's most frequently from my ladies in my lively lady club. Thank you, my dear. I love you all who say that hit that hit my heart. And as I get more used to doing that, I get better at it. But we are human beings. And as human beings, we are meant to have community. In my recent obsession, The Secrets of the Blue Zones, he talks about how community and passion and purpose are some of the most important aspects of living a long and good life. And so this podcast for me has been that source of community, but it's also built out a community. And if you feel alone in this journey, I want to just very kindly invite you into our Lively Lady Club. If that's something that you're not ready for, invite you to just talk to someone else about it. Because the more we share our true stories, the easier it is for other people to do that. I always bring this one back to what I want my legacy to be. And in our Lively Lady Club, we talk about your living legacy by example and word. I think for a long time, I lived under the legacy of like being that medical doctor, the third generation medical doctor and being a single mom who provided for her daughter and loving her daughter so much. And as she's gotten older and I've gotten older, I think those things mattered. They did, but they were more alienating than they were bonding. And over the course of the last hundred episodes, I've learned that I just want to be love. That means for me, love of my neighbor. That means for me, love of myself. And that means for me, love of God. And it's all about love. And that means not being alone. So we love to say, don't suffer in silence. But I just want you to know that if this is your battle, if this is a battle that you fought, you aren't alone. There's lots of people who listen to this podcast. (laughs) There's lots of people in the Lively Lady Club. And there's so many more just like you. So if your fear of vulnerability is what's holding you back in life, I love Brene Brown and she shares, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but she's got a quote that says, you're never brave without vulnerability. To be brave requires vulnerability. And there's been so many times over the course of this podcast where I've said, oh gosh, my mother, I love you, mom, listens to this. My husband doesn't, but spoiler alert, episode 101 is coming at you and my husband's on it. It's been tremendous what we're doing out here. But I realized that in the end, that's just my own vulnerability. Because if I'm sharing my story, they're just a side note in it. And if I'm blaming them, then I've got a problem. I don't think I ever have. I hope not. Because <laughs> we're all human. We're not alone in this world. I think in today's day and age, we feel more alone than we ever have. And we don't have to be. Listen, our Lively Lady Club meets through Zoom. We've got a Facebook group. I've never met so many of these women in person. And I'd love to. But that doesn't matter. It's still a community. We pass around the sisterhood of the traveling dress. Oh, it's like my heart in a dress. (laughs) So don't suffer in silence. Even if it's not joining us, reach out to someone in your life. Share just a bit of vulnerability because you aren't alone in this journey. You weren't meant to be. Lesson seven, a strong why matters. If you're starting this for a reunion or a wedding or an event or a certain time frame, like a 30-day challenge, right? You're starting with the wrong motivation because here's the thing, all that will create is a yo-yo. Now you can use that as a short-term motivation, but why you're really doing this and getting honest about that is ultimately what will determine your long-term results. Because the thing is weight loss is about more than the number on the scale. It's about the confidence you get in yourself in overcoming a battle, the energy you create to live your best life. 
the smile that comes on your face when you wake up with energy, a closet full of clothes that fit, and you get to ride the rides without feeling awful. It's about the life you're creating, the health trajectory that changes, the kind of grandma you want to be someday, the legacy you want to leave behind, the kind of mom you want to be today, the kind of worker that shows up in your job, the confidence you have in yourself to do that. And those are truly your whys. But we've settled because so much of the weight loss industry says, lose five pounds. I used to do my challenge like that. I may have done it around the time I started this podcast. I hate that. Because it's like, once you hit five pounds, you're like, okay, now what? We need short-term motivation. Our brains do. You can set little goals along the way. Like, I do want to feel good at my 40th birthday. Or I do want to go to that reunion and feel amazing. But that's not the end. This is just the beginning. So I highly recommend writing yourself out a very strong list of whys. I'm sharing more about that on our next week's episode with my husband because I got really real with him recently. And by the way, I'm learning so much with him right now. I've seen so many women do this and the ones who are the most successful have a very strong why and it's not their circumstances that create it. By that, I mean, you don't need a diagnosis to get going. You don't need to be having a grandbaby because you can envision who you will be when those things happen and create your why about that. But get that list of whys because there will be a day when the scale doesn't move. There will be a day when that reunion's over and what you do right after that will be your long-term results. That's the most important place. We've all learned how to do this in the short term. The long term is what's the most important because it's worse for your health to yo-yo than it is to not lose weight at all. So get that why in place. If you haven't done it, you can do it right now. Listen to the rest of the podcast first. (laughs) Lesson six, limiting your life is pointless. Listen, how many times do we say, I've got to wait until this is over, my schedule clears up, or life is more aligned for me to lose weight? And then we're like, I need to put my life on hold to lose weight. I'm going to tell you, unless you plan to put the rest of your life on hold, it's pointless to limit it right now to lose weight. Just start. Just start. I think through the course of these 100 episodes, I've gone all the way from diets to energized eating. Energized eating is something you can do anywhere, anytime, any day. Don't start tomorrow. Don't start Monday. Start now. Because unless you plan on not living in the future, which is one of my favorite quotes I share in our five-day challenge about a leading expert who I literally heard say, diets fail because real life happens. Like, So who's ever going to succeed? That's why lesson nine, you can't bypass the real work. So don't limit your life. Make it fit your life. What does come up, and I'm going to tell you, the way you'll say it is the aspect of, I just need to wait till this is over or my life settles down. But what you're really saying and you don't know because you haven't done the real work yet is I need to wait until my emotions are more in check for me to be able to take this on. You're waiting until emotional eating feels less important. (laughs) It's never coming until you learn how to overcome out of control emotional eating. That's why now is the perfect time. Now is always the perfect time. Tomorrow is just today in the future. Now is the perfect time. We went to Disney World recently. I shared that on the last episode. I did fine there. Really didn't feel that different to me. That's the ultimate win. Not because I said, oh, I'll just start over again when I get back home. Was I perfect? No. Did it matter? No. Because I've done enough of the work to be in control when I would have been out of control before. And that real work looks like knowing that food isn't going to be the comfort and the celebration. It can be a side note, but this visit is. Because I eat to energize my body primarily even if there's sweets around. It's such a win. Limiting your life will just turn you right back to food. That's all it will do. It's not gonna last. Today is the day. Tomorrow's just today in the future. Lesson five. This one's a hard one to share. 
Because there's a part of me that's like, still wants to argue with it. But I put it here because I actually do. I've learned it. Medicine isn't the final answer. As a person who devoted herself exclusively to medicine for um, her whole adult life up until this, when I turned to answers, I turned to medicine. And I don't just mean medication. I mean the world of medicine, right? I know the pillars of obesity medicine. I know the stats. I know the studies. I know what they show. And I still looked for life coaching certification because I felt like the psychology side was missing. When you look at the medical side of weight loss, there's four pillars. There's diet, exercise, medication, and behavioral modifications. You know what we spend the most time talking about? Medicine. You know what we spend time talking about in diet? The difference in the exact percentages of protein versus carbohydrate intake that should occur. We've started essentially to gloss over exercise because the proof is in the pudding there that that's not where weight loss is at. It's good for your health but it's just not where weight loss is at. It'll add about 1.5% over six months if you're doing it very regularly. It's good for maintenance. But what we don't talk about is behavioral modifications. I could have told you 10 years ago that that's what was missing for my ladies, my patients in my clinic. Even when I went, when I first started this and back like episode one, I was like, why diets work and why they don't work. And I was still very much so a little bit of my heart breaks because so many of you started in episode one and I'm like, but we don't do that anymore because <laughs> that was my A game. But there's a bigger A game. That was the medicine A game. And I just don't think that medicine has the final answer. I keep hearing new things and, you know, I've had weight loss surgery. I've been on all the medications. I've written for the new shots. I've done it all. And I think it's a tool, but it's not the final answer because changing your eating, all the medical studies show is the answer to losing weight. But I think our view of it is so limited unfortunately, even to the point that, you know, when we look at placebo studies, meaning like when you put an arm of people on medication versus not on medication and do a blinded study where you don't know which side people are on, when they look at the placebo arm, which is basically the behavioral modification arm, they average like 4% in six plus months, sometimes a year on these studies. And I know that in my nine month program, we got 20% plus we undervalue the real work. And as I saw those stats, I'm like, oh, medicine doesn't have the final answer on this. That's a little bit of a hard part to chew, but I will tell you this. For me, there's a lot of what we call idiopathic in medicine still. Disease exists because we don't have the answers. And I so appreciate, I'm so happy to see the medical realm venturing out. And obesity is now a recognized diagnosis. Insurance still uncovering it for anything. But the medical world has recognized it and recognized the impact of losing weight and recognized how important it is. I just don't know that they have the final answer on this. So although it's a tool, there's just not space for it. That's why I've gone fully coaching truly with my school of weight loss, because I was so limited in the amount of time I could talk to people by insurance, by all of that, that it just doesn't fit in that realm. I wished it did. I tried very hard to make that happen. It just doesn't. So I think of medicine as a tool. I think they have good advice in general, but I don't look to it for the final answer anymore, especially in terms of weight loss. Lesson four, if you don't have rewards, lollipops will step in. I did an episode pretty early on called the lollipop effect. And actually at one point I thought about calling this podcast and my whole weight loss school, the lollipop diet. <laughs> it would have been so ironic to do that, the lollipop diet. Because here's what I knew, and I still love that episode. Go listen to it. We'll link a few of these in the show notes. So many of my ladies are good girls. So many of us are the good girls of the world. 
And what good girls learn very early on is that when you go to the doctor, when you get an A, when you do good at a school concert, when you do good at a game, when you do anything good, you get a lollipop. Food is a cheap, easy, accessible reward. And it will, especially for us good girls out there, step in every time. If you haven't learned how to reward yourself outside of food, you will go back to food. Be it at the wedding, after the wedding, after the event, when you hit your goal weight, with your life. And the beauty in that is that once you recognize it, you can't unsee it. It's such a learned lesson for me. I see it all the time in my brain. I think reward eating is one of the biggest things for me to overcome and for so many of my ladies. Because when I was a kid, if you read a book, you got pizza from Book It. Now you can give yourself a gold star. That's a shout out to one of my lively ladies. And it'll give you like that same little dopamine hit, that little feel good in the moment. But where is your life ultimately headed by overcoming this weight battle? That's the real rewards you're looking for. So absolutely recognize that the lollipop effect is there. And food will always be in your cupboard or down the street. It's cheaper than the other rewards. It takes less effort, money, and time, and you can justify it. So if you're starting this journey, no matter where you're at in this journey, it is so important to build life-focused rewards for yourself and challenge all of that previously conceived limitations. Because so many of my ladies now love to hike, love to move their bodies, are learning to love to shop, have picked up hobbies that they love, are taking vacations they never thought they'd want to do because they removed those limitations. So I think it's important on a few different levels. There's your end of the day rewards. There's your midday rewards, just little tiny things in your life that are already present to reward yourself with. There's your achievement awards, right? I lost this much. I'm going to get a pedicure or massage. There's your big life rewards, all the levels, write it out. I don't think you can ever bypass that because your brain needs rewards and food will step in. It's the lollipop effect if you don't create them. Lesson three. This one's gonna shock you. Diets don't work. Listen, there are more diets out there than ever and more Americans overweight than ever. I think what we see and the true reason that diets don't work is there's our lives in American culture and then there's diet culture. And we only wanna exist in diet culture for a little while and then get right back over to American culture. And unfortunately, we haven't created any space in between. And the beauty and the true genius is in the space in between. Because a diet, I share this on our challenge, but a diet is inherently restriction to specific types of food or amounts of food, period. It's restriction. And so diets as we've created them, they don't work. And I think the real disservice we do to ourselves is we let our diet brain get in the way of us ever creating what does work. We're like, but diet culture taught me this works. Shouldn't I have to do that? Shouldn't it get harder? Shouldn't I this? Shouldn't I that? I just want you to consider that that didn't work anyway. So just drop it. When I was back at episode one of this podcast, we were doing, I had, I think, five or six different diets that I helped people pick the best diet for them. And then I simplified how to make it work. And we had amazing results with that. I'm going to tell you, like, I can help you. I was really good at it. That being said, it was still a diet. And my ladies still, when they hit certain circumstances like holidays or taking meals to other people or their real life, when they weren't isolated and by themselves and didn't think they could make their diet culture life work, they just went back to American culture. 
And that is the space where I developed the energized eating plan because I spent so much time coaching on diet rules. And I was like, but wait, everybody's losing weight and you're not following the same rules. Maybe the rules aren't the answer. And in that, I want you to notice that I took it back to what I already knew. I helped them pick their diet based off what type of protein they wanted, what type of veggies they wanted to include, and then what of the rest they wanted. It became so obvious to me that we were already doing it because I had spent years in these diets making them as simple as possible. The space between is you considering that this isn't a diet. And I wanna share with you that I don't take that lightly. This is probably the number one work we do in our Lively Lady Club because it takes a bit to get over diet brain. In fact, I've always done small group coaching. The number one reason I decided to start our Lively Lady Club membership was truly because People spend so much time in diet brain to begin with because it's all we know. It's all we think is possible. And I said, you know, I think we could do that in a membership format and then do that next level of work in small group coaching. Because that diet side of it, that diet brain, it's gonna keep popping up for you for a while especially if you're like me and you've done this. So here's how that might look for you is it's working, you feel good, all that. And then the scale stops moving and then you're like, but I remember before somebody told me I should add an exercise and do this. So I'll probably just do that. Or maybe I'll just do those old shakes or maybe, right, it's gonna pop up. And overcoming that takes first recognizing that that didn't work to begin with and learning to trust yourself to have better answers. There's nothing in diets that says learn to trust yourself. I want you to just notice that. They try to bypass the real work. They say, trust me, trust my rules, trust my ability to get you results. Your body, mm, it's questionable. <laughs> Hopefully it works. So then you're like, okay, well, diet culture isn't working. Let's just go back to American culture for a bit. <laughs> Overeat, have fun, and then we'll go to our next diet. And that's why diets don't work. I would offer you, I've done so many episodes now on the energized eating plan. And if you haven't taken me up on our challenge, you've got to do it because it's literally the next level at that. But energized eating is intended to be the plan you can and want to stick to. It looks at your own body. It looks at your own schedule, your own tastes, your own life, and you create it from that. The biggest problem people struggle with in doing that is trusting themselves. I know you lovely ladies. You trust me at this point. You trust my process. You just don't trust yourselves. And that really has been the real work of coaching, of learning how to trust yourself over the diet. Starts with recognizing that diets don't really work anyway. Lesson number two, getting healthy is about all of you. I've shared a few times on this podcast that my biggest growth over the last year has truly been in my faith. And I've got more coming very soon on that. I thought I would announce it on this episode, but I'm not quite ready yet. But it also comes to the why, why you're doing this. But I just don't think we even recognize how the value of losing weight is to get healthy. But to get healthy is not just about a diet, right? You can create weight loss a lot of different ways and not get any healthier than when you started. For me, this first started, I think on one of the early podcast episodes I shared with you guys, and I even had Wendy speak on here talking about the sugar fast. A lot of my ladies, we did the sugar fast. And I noticed that women who are struggling with giving up sugar when they had a higher reason to do it, were very successful at it. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And I also really liked that book, by the way. It's a good fast. 
But it got me thinking about all the forms of quote unquote addiction and how so many of them incorporate in a higher power. And it just opened my mind to that possibility. The doctor and me would have never thought of that. In fact, I was a little like opposed. I was like separation of church and state here, people like medicine is not faith. As this has evolved from that place, there's no way I can separate the two. Because for me, when I'm struggling, where I turned for years, and for all of you lovely ladies, where we turn truly for strength is food. We don't want to admit it, but that's why emotional eating exists. And so you've got to make a determination about where you're turning for strength if it's not going to be food. It may be a diet that's going to crumble. It may be me. I'm not perfect. I'm definitely flawed and human. Sorry, there's the spoiler alert. Or maybe in that moment, just stopping and saying, this is how I fight my battles. Dear God, help me find the path you have meant for me. My lack of fulfillment is what created my food issue. Food stepped in to fulfill me. And I've seen this happen over and over and over again. And as I've turned more and more to my faith for that strength, it's a different ballgame I'm playing in now. And it's something that I think is applicable to every aspect of your life. Getting healthy with your weight, getting healthy with your body, getting healthy with food, getting healthy with your relationships with your significant other or your children or your grown children or your parents or your job or your boss or your coworkers or your community or your church, right? It's all about getting healthy. And if you're not healthy there, you're likely going to want to go back to food. And if you go on a diet and pull food out of that, where are you going to turn? I would venture to say, why not go to the highest power? So I think getting healthy is a bigger picture than I even knew 100 episodes ago. But it's just something I can't even deny anymore. So I want you to consider, like really truly, if you're doing the real work, when are you turning to food? Why are you turning to food? It starts, my lively ladies, with setting a plan, looking at food as only energy, because that's all it was intended to be. Not letting food play God in your life. Just saying. This is a church problem too, right? Because that's what it takes for consistent, sustainable weight loss. But it's also going to make you a much healthier version of you. It's about all of you, not just the scale, not just the clothes in the closet. It will change who you become to be done with this weight loss battle. Who do you want to become in this journey? That's the most important question to ask yourself. Go back to your whys and start doing the real work. And my number one lesson through 100 episodes on the podcast is definitely... You can evolve as a human being, and that's a good thing. So many of you don't believe this is possible for you. You don't jump in. You don't join me because you don't really believe it. You think other people could do it. You think I could do it. You see other success stories. And I just want you to consider one thing. There's a beautiful thing out there. It's on my mind this week called neuroplasticity. And here's what it is from the medical standpoint. You can create new brain channels. And because you have the old ones, the new ones might be even stronger. It is absolutely possible for you to do this. I always tell my ladies who start coaching with me, you may believe it a tiny bit. I believe it wholeheartedly for you. So if you at least believe it a tiny bit, we can get you going. But as long as you let yourself think that the past will ultimately determine the future for you, you'll keep repeating the past. Science shows that you can change. Your body shows that you can change. Why don't you believe this is possible? For me, this evolution has been such a good thing. Over these 100 episodes, I have had so many life transitions. I've had some really hard times. I've had some really amazing times. 
But through it all, I've known this evolution is for my benefit, is for the greater cause, for more passion, for more purpose, for more of the world having this kind of messaging and leaving that behind is my legacy. What will yours be? Because if you look, once you think of just the last two years of your life, how have you evolved as a human? You may say, I haven't. Well, you have, because things aren't exactly the same as they were two years ago. How have you evolved? Mine has been mind-blowing. And it's literally because I've learned these last 10 lessons. That's where it's been. In the learning of these lessons has been my growth. And I just want to share with you that it doesn't mean you'll be happy all the time, but it does mean you'll have peace. You'll have an amazing amount of confidence of the number of things in your life that you can take on and overcome. You'll have a higher strength than any human can ever bring you. And you'll have a simple plan that fits your life. Listen, we don't all want our whole lives to be about food and our weight. We just don't know how to stop making it be. And I want that for each and every one of you. These 100 episodes have been so phenomenal. And I just thank you so much for joining me. I want to extend an invitation to each and every one of you. If you haven't joined me in my challenge, join me. Learn how to create your energized eating plan. For those of you who need support, consider joining me in the Lively Lady Club. This is the work we do there. Share this with a friend. If you've been a little hesitant, you don't know how much they may need to hear it. And this is a beautiful synopsis. And at minimum, just leave me a review, please. I would love it. Today is the day all these links are in the show notes. Happy 100 episodes. Next week, my husband is coming on. And he, my dear listeners, has started a weight loss journey with me. Make sure to check it out. If you loved today's episode, make sure to share it with a friend who needs to hear it too. Leave me a review and click subscribe to get the latest updates on all my new podcast episodes. Ready to reach your healthy weight goals and drop the endless diet cycle? Head on over to emilyvinzantmd.com and learn more about working with me in Dr. Emily's School of Weight Loss, my virtual weight loss coaching program. The link is in my show notes.